When people think about the blockchain, they typically associate it with cryptocurrencies. But how can banks best put this technology to work for their broader business? Zach Bishop from Synovus Financial, himself a one-time crypto miner, will be with us to talk about a new stablecoin project that his bank is a key player in developing. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. If a bank wants to learn more about the business potential of the blockchain, who better to have as a leader in their effort than an experienced crypto miner? Such a person is our guest this week. Zach Bishop is EVP for Technology Operations and Security at Synovus Financial. He joins us to talk a bit about his labors in the crypto mines, but mostly he's here to discuss a new stablecoin project that Synovus is part of. Zach, glad you could be with us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Zach, could you give us a brief introduction to Synovus for our listeners who may not be too familiar with who you are? Yeah, absolutely. And now even let me even provide a little bit of background. Also, we're a $57 billion bank headquartered in Columbus, Georgia, primarily in the southeast. Look like many of our peers, our services span the gamut from commercial and consumer to investment and mortgage services. In 2012, Synovus went through and consolidated 30 bank charters into one through just a major consolidation. So for me specifically, my group consists of about a thousand team members, groups like tech and innovation and bank operations, digital, physical security, project management, call centers, kind of all the fun, exciting, you know, non-revenue lines. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Synovus was one of the four banks that are the founding members of the USDF consortium, which uh, started up in January to create and offer a stablecoin that would be called USDF. For those of you who are relative newcomers to this corner of the financial world, a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency whose value is pegged to an established reserve asset, hence the stable in its name. Zach, give us an overview of the USDF coin, including when it might be in circulation and what it will be pegged to. To us, Terrio, is really about innovation. We're trying to push the envelope every way we can to build the best bank of the future. So I feel like money movement is that specific item that would differentiate banking today compared to tomorrow. So those banks embracing and adopting today, I feel, will be in a position of power in the future. So we're having fun with it. You know, the USDF stablecoin, what it really is, is a tokenized deposit that moves through a blockchain, the Providence blockchain specifically. And the stable portion of that really just means it's at a fixed value. So, for example, for the purpose of this call, we could say each minted coin could be worth one U.S. dollar. And so I think that's as simple as it can be described, that a stable coin, a tokenized deposit that has a fixed value, can move real time through the Providence blockchain, through this consortium that we're a part of. What got uh, Synovus involved in this project, and, and, and what does it mean for your bank to be part of this consortium in terms of your responsibilities and your contribution to first getting the coin issued, timeline for doing that, and then getting it adopted out in the marketplace? You know, I don't know if those 
timelines are important to me yet, and I'm sure they're important to a lot of people. So each of the members do have responsibilities in a consortium. So for example, things we are focused on right now is building the middleware. The middleware that accurately and timely connects to core platforms using cloud-based APIs and services to connect the blockchain, the Providence blockchain, to the core. And we want this connector, if you will, to be core agnostic. You could connect to a legacy core or a modern core, it'll not really matter. That's one of the big assignments underway now. It's not just about completing, it's about trying to build it great, fast, secure, and scalable. And we feel like this middleware is going to be a big piece of that. So that's what we're working on right now. Zach, what problem do you see USDF solving for that can't be solved by an existing currency or other financial product or mechanism? And what makes you think that your customers at Synovus need or want a stablecoin and that they'll use it? Wow, that's a hard one. So, look, you know, I look at this as being invisible to the customer. It's not a product offering as much as it is a foundational operational piece of the bigger puzzle. Like consider it almost in some ways infrastructure modernization. Sure, it can move contracts or money real time, but there will always be your options out there to do that along with many other products. It can handle bank to bank clearing or person to person or business to business money movement. But I guess summarizing the answer, we're, we're not trying to solve something that is broken. I think we're expanding the value of something that works today. Moving transactions to and through the blockchain is very, very efficient. And it's a secure way to reposition the infrastructure for the future. And I don't think that the customer may or may not ever even know. What they'll know is they just get a more seamless, smooth, transparent, real-time experience when they interact with other bank products and services. This is not your first rodeo in the crypto space. In the past, you were a crypto miner. So tell us about that, including what got you involved, how long you were at it, and don't leave out the part about what the price of Bitcoin was when you cashed out your last coin. Look, this is terrible. It's actually kind of embarrassing. But look, I'm an ex-programmer and tech lover and innovator. And when something as exciting as crypto mining begins, I wanted to be a part of it. And it was never the excitement of making money. Realistically, I never even thought it would take off. I really just wanted to figure out what it was and be a part of it. So I started mining in late 2012, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I originally had one mining rig in my basement, but my wife made me move it to the garage because it created <laughs> too much heat. When I moved up to two rigs in our house, my kids started getting frustrated because I was slowing down the network, uh, creating lags in the games they were playing. But I think I mine from 2012 to 2016. And yeah, it was profitable. The price of the coin grew. It had peaks and valleys. I'm not sure other than a few spikes did it ever really move away from, you know, the 400 to $800 range per Bitcoin. You know, I believed in the concept, but I couldn't see like cultural adoption moving the price range to where it is today. I just didn't have that vision. So when my kids started college, I started dumping coins. You know, they were free to me and they really just were generated out of thin air at the time for fun. And so I think the highest Bitcoin that I sold at that time was around $750. And oh my God, if I wish I knew 
what I know now, what I knew then, my goodness, it would be a different day. But it really taught me a lot. I can be sure we would not be having this conversation today if you had uh, stuck it out longer. But Zach, how much impact has your personal experience as a crypto miner had in, in getting Synovus thinking about moving into crypto? And how much has it helped in addressing the many challenges that no doubt have risen as you and your partner bank seek to create that stable coin? A lot, but it wasn't just the cryptocurrency or the value, Terry. I think it was how mining worked, how nodes expanded and the foundation and stability of the blockchain, how it works, how it scales, the security. I remember our team building a syndicated lending system that moved contracts through the blockchain as a proof of concept in 2016. So I think as banks transform and mature and begin to adopt future technologies, the culture of the banks begin to get excited about modernization. And you remember, I mean, I think we all remember back in the early 2000s when every bank's motto was, oh, that's okay, we will just be a fast follower. And I think that was all pre-fintechs and pre-all the transformation out there that's now that's competing and the disruptors. So it's not only about the tool, or in this case, the product. I think it's truly about stacking hands as an organization, believing that modernization is a very important piece of the path to success. Your USDF group of banks ranges from 60 billion in assets down to around 10 billion, with your bank close to the top end of that range. So the fact that we're talking about a stablecoin that's being created by a group of banks, does that origin make any difference in your mind regarding the desirability of the coin? its applicability, its usefulness compared to other coins? Yeah, I mean, who knows? But at the end of the day, we're doing something, partnered together with the focus on building the best banks we can for tomorrow. You know, a stable coin, I don't think, will work without a consortium. No single bank, no matter what the size of that organization is, can convince the other 4,000 banks to use their proprietary product. But if you welcome all banks or all FDIC-insured banks to be a part of it, that may help the entire industry, not just Sonova. So our goal is not to have four banks be a part of this. I think our goal is to have 30 or 40 more by the end of this year. Men just keep reaching out and keep expanding. Where does the Federal Reserve fit into all of this? First, banks having a greater ability to move funds bank to bank without involving the Fed that could be a problem for them. And on top of that, we all know that a number of central banks, including the Fed, are starting to work on central bank digital coins that have a similar quality in, in some ways to stable coins. Do you see clashes coming as both stable coins and CBDCs build up more momentum? That's a great question also. I mean, listen, you know, first, nothing is happening without the Fed's blessing, and we are actively discussing with them. I think we have a great relationship with the Federal Reserve and all of our governing partners. We're even discussing potential P2P stablecoin movement with the next day Fed batch process as an option. So the stablecoin approach to me is more about the concept than the modern approach to move money. So in a perfect world, let's fast forward. You know, the blockchain can record history forever on every element ever moved through. So think about those possibilities and long-term impact to programs like Bank Secrecy Act and anti-money laundering. So it may look separate, but it's not. We are working in conjunction with them and appreciate and respect their involvement. 
we have a great partnership there and we plan to keep it. Of course, the Fed is only one of the regulators involved in this. There's Treasury Department, of course, and Synovus is publicly traded. So likely you'll have the SEC getting involved along with others from the alphabet soup in Washington that regulate financials. What are the regulatory challenges and other potential obstacles with that? I think that's the hardest piece of this puzzle. We don't have a technology challenge in front of us. We've got a industry change problem in front of us, right? And so we're working diligently and proactively with all the various regulatory bodies for full transparency. And not just Synovus, and not just the other four banks, but the entire consortium together. I think the real challenge lies when you are blazing a new trail such as this, there's not really a presence of a framework to guide you. So you stack hands and work together as a group. The consortium exists to coordinate the efforts of banks with respect to USDF activities and to promote, I would say, the adoption and interoperability of it. I guess in summary, given kind of the newness of the work, remember this just started in January and the current state of flux and kind of regulatory guidance It's just a partnership. We'll continue to approach this effort from a position of leading with plans and requested input along the way. Security is part of your title at Synovus, Zach. So tell us, how are you thinking about security for the stablecoin venture, including in that fraud risk? The headlines tell us that crypto heists are increasingly common and the numbers are never small, right? I mean, it's, it's never like Willie Sutton walking into a bank kind of number here. It's always nine digits or more, it seems. Yeah, that's correct. And and from a security standpoint, the CISO is in my organization and digital security is within that group, but also another leg of it, which is financial crimes, which is slightly different than what you would think from a digital security standpoint. But the amount of fraud today and the way we move money and bank today is significant. And we're always looking for new platforms and products to kind of prevent exposure. The blockchain itself is a very secure tool. Rarely are there attempts to heist directly from the blockchain. I think more specifically, the attempts are more focused on account takeover. So if we build this out right, and you can always, in theory, follow the transaction. So you could build a more secure environment to move money through. Banking has always been open to new technologies, but this type of change that you're talking about, it seems to be much more profound than an iterative advance in technology. We're talking about what could be a major reordering in the way things have been done for decades now, if not centuries, with this technology as the tool to do it. I mean, listen, don't you love it? Everything must evolve and every organization must innovate. If not, just for the purpose of this, we would still be using cans and strings to talk today on this podcast, writing down (laughs) our notes without technical interaction, right? So Just going back a few decades where online banking wasn't a thing, checks were a primary form of payment. Back in the days before debit cards and credit cards and ATM machines and Venmo and Zelle and Apple Pay, like banks are really always evolving. Let's say this is the thing that changes the game. Whether it is or isn't, I have a fleet of team members now educated with advanced maturity on how blockchain and crypto work and function And that team now is thinking differently. And I think that's priceless to me. The Synovus technology and innovation team members act and react more like they're fintech employees now compared to legacy regional bank employees. 
So Synovus will continue to evolve, mature, and innovate, hopefully every day, more efficiently and faster than our peers. And I love the transformation. So I think that's my story, Terry. So hopefully that helps. It helps a lot. So Zach Bishop, EVP for Technology Operations and Security at Synovus, many thanks again for making the time to be with us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Terry, so glad we were able to connect on some of my favorite topics and look forward to doing it again. A few takeaways from the conversation with Zach Bishop from Synovus. First, Zach says the USDF stablecoin that Synovus and other banks are working on is not so much a product intended to solve an existing problem in the system, but rather it's an infrastructure project to help incorporate the blockchain down the road. Customers may not even know that a stablecoin is at work on their transactions, he says, but what they may notice are smoother, more transparent banking experiences. His days as a cryptocurrency miner was time well spent in preparing him for Synovus' involvement in the stablecoin project. His team has been testing the capabilities of the blockchain for some years now, and in doing so has built up a knowledge base that stands to be valuable for future moves to modernize. Zach says the days when a bank could hang back and then be a fast follower are long since in the rearview. And finally, he says the form that banking modernization takes in the coming years may less be about updating core technology or product lineups and more about changing the very foundations of the industry in place for decades. The experience of working on the blockchain and stablecoin issues has Synovus's innovation teams thinking of themselves more like fintech startups than part of a big regional bank. Thank you for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies Podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please visit us at BAI.org for more actionable insights on themes that are important for the financial services industry.